Life Audio. Today we're going through what has been called the saddest of all the Psalms. And while I don't want to stay in this place, I think it is important to address it from a biblical perspective because that is a common emotion that we all go through from different times in our lives. And the biblical perspective on this is something that I think we need to have deeply rooted in us to help us even if we're not in that season right now, the next time we're faced with something. So I pray that you'll stick with me as we dive into today's psalm. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I, too, was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we're diving into Psalm 88. And again, if you're just joining us, the reason why we're going through the Psalms on the Hearing Jesus podcast is because Jesus referred to the Psalms, Jesus and the disciples as well, referred to the Psalms more than any other Old Testament book. It was essentially the hymn book, the song book of Jesus and the disciples. And so if they use that as their prayer book, I think it's important for us to have an understanding of what's included as well. And so you can join me with every single week. We're going through these different Psalms. And on Mondays, I send out a newsletter that has some journaling prompts to go along with each of these Psalms. If you would like to go back further with the journaling prompts, you can pick up for only $5 our guided journal that includes the audio devotionals, a key verse, a journaling prompt question and then space to actually write. You can either print that out or use it on your iPad. It's up to you. Like I said, it's only $5. It's just an extra resource to help you. You can pick that up at shehears.org. So today we're going to be in Psalm 88 and I'm going to start at verse one. And again, this is another Psalm of the sons of Korah. It's a song and it's also a maskil. And if you remember from what I've talked about, about the maskils in the past, those are Psalms that have a teaching lesson for us. So it's important to understand what it's saying so we can understand the biblical concepts that it contains. Starting in verse one. O Lord, the God who saves me, day and night I cry out before you. May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of trouble and my life draws near to the grave. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like a man without strength. I am set apart with the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, who are cut off from your care. You have put me in the lowest pit, in the darkest depths. Your wrath lies heavily upon me. You have overwhelmed me with all of your waves. You have taken from me my closest friends and have made me repulsive to them. I am confined and cannot escape. My eyes are dim with grief. I call to you, O Lord, every day. I spread out my hands to you. Do you show your wonders to the dead? 
Do those who are dead rise up and praise you? Is your love declared in the grave, your faithfulness and destruction? Are your wonders known in the place of darkness or your righteous deeds in the land of oblivion? But I cry to you for help, O Lord. In the morning my prayer comes before you. Why, O Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? For my youth I have been afflicted and close to death. I have suffered your terrors and am in despair. Your wrath has swept over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. All day long they surround me like a flood. They have completely engulfed me. You have taken my companions and loved ones from me. The darkness is my closest friend. Wow. I don't know if you've ever been there, but even that last statement of the darkness is my closest friend, there have been seasons in my own life where I felt that, that darkness. Um, And I think this whole psalm shows us that this feeling of depression is something that was common Even back then, it's a common thing as part of the human experience and depression that comes, especially after a significant loss or a sorrow or a heartbreak is something that we see over and over in the Psalms. So I I pray that that even just that idea is something that is maybe encouraging to you, because I think sometimes we think that we have to clean up our act before we come to God. But in fact, instead, God wants to be invited into that brokenness because that's how we get through it. That's how we heal. This whole psalm, you know, that it could be summarized by saying the day and night I cry out. And like I said at the onset of today's episode, some scholars would consider this the saddest of all of the psalms that we have. And we can tell that the writer has suffered a lot. And there is speculation that perhaps he was a leper. And if you don't know about leprosy, uh, it's a disease that affects the skin and the nerves, and it leads to this loss of sensation, and it often results into deformity. And in that culture, if you had leprosy, you were considered unclean. And remember, this is the Jewish culture. And so if you were unclean, especially with this kind of skin disease that was clear to everyone around you, it meant that you were also starved of of human companionship, of relationship, because to be even near somebody else, it would make them unclean. So the psalmist, what we're seeing is that he is feeling like he is nearing death and that God has rejected him. And he's cried out to God day and night. And it appears that he has had no answer. He is depressed. He has very little hope. And yet in faith, he will not let go of God. And he admits that the Lord is still the one who saves him. And so the psalmist experience, I don't know if you picked up on this, but I thought a lot about Job as I was reading this. And this experience is very much like what Job had experienced. And But in this case, we're not told the reason behind the suffering, and we don't know what the reason for God's silence is. And Job, we did know that. But even as I was reading through it, I thought, man, this sounds so much like Job. This psalm also reveals that God sometimes does permit times of sadness and depression and despair in our lives. And and I want to hone in on that word permit because God does not cause those things, but he does allow for those things. And those experiences can be really dark, dark seasons of our lives. And especially when there's no known reason for our problems, when 
God seems so far away or we don't understand why he's not listening to us or feels like he's not listening to us or he's not responding. And the truth is, is that we may never fully understand those situations or the reasons behind them this side of heaven. We just won't. I mean, there are seasons of our lives, the dark seasons of our lives, especially if you're somebody that struggles with depression, we may not understand it this side of heaven because we live in a fallen world and we were not created for this fallen world, this broken fallen world. And so there is this continual struggle because of the sin cycle that we are trapped in. In this life, a strong faith in God as the one who saves us and a right relationship with him are essential things that we need in order to get through these seasons. And we cannot forget that you know, what the scripture says in Romans, neither death nor life, neither the present nor the future, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God. And while we don't always get the answers that we seek this side of heaven, what we know is that God's presence is with us, even if we can't feel it. You know, the psalmist, um, he has been experiencing this from the time of his youth. In verse 15, we learn that. And he has lived this life on the edge of death, which tells me that, you know, in that culture, if it was leprosy um, or some other disease, it, it could have very well been leprosy. It, it was something that caused him to be in this place of just depression. And this was part of a collection of community laments, but it was originally written as an individual lament prayer. And I think that's important because I think we can recognize that there's implications both for us individually and also within the body of Christ. Like we definitely, as human beings, are subject to the way that the chaos has affected this world, the way has, sin has affected this world, and being in a place of depression. But I also think within the larger body of Christ, there are seasons that grieve us. You know, even the season that we're in right now, within the body of Christ, there should be a grieving because it feels so dark. And I think, again, like I said, the temptation is to only come to God when we are able to process and think through. But when you're in these dark times, it is really difficult to think through things in a rational way where you could consciously say or or would consciously say, God, I need you to help me through this. And so I applaud the efforts of the psalmist to put pen to paper, to put thoughts to paper, to articulate specifically what he was feeling. Because for me, when I've been there, I have, I have not been able to do that. I, you know, I would sink into a place of just sorrow and just tears. And, and to see this example, even that, think of how God is using that even now for us to be able to identify with these emotions. I'm so thankful for the obedience in that moment that the psalmist experienced. Okay, I think we're going to take a little bit of a break here. And when we come back, we'll wrap up this psalm. Stay tuned. So now that we are, you know, going through this psalm, I also think it's important to point out that while this originally was written as an individual lament, it is also when it's used in terms of like the you know, like I said, the onset, this was a song that was used likely in worship as part of Israel's hymn book. Um, this 
also is referring to the mourning of the nation over the fall of Jerusalem to, to Babylon. And I know that that may sound confusing because of some of the previous Psalms that we have listened to or we have walked through because it seems to jump around. And I think one of the misconceptions of a lot of people when they when it comes to the psalms is they think that it's done in chronological order that is not the case the way that these were gathered or grouped together it's a collection of of hymns or collection of psalms so if you think of even your hymn book if you go to a church that has a hymn book you can look through it there are songs of joy next to songs of sorrow next to songs of blessing next to songs of thanksgiving it's not necessarily in chronicle chronological order some of them are some Sometimes we have a group of maybe four or five psalms that we know, okay, this is from post-Babylon exile, or this is during the exile. And, you know, while we talked about one yesterday that was probably post-exile, this one could be during the exile. We don't necessarily know the timeline of each and every psalm. And so I think that's important to point out because if you have tried to read through Mm -hmm. this in the past and just misunderstood what was going on, um, because it kind of seems to jump back and forth, it absolutely does jump back and forth. But don't let that distract you from the theological issues that we're discussing. When we look through this psalm, verse 1 seems to be virtually the only hopeful phrase we have in the whole psalm. It starts off by saying, O Lord, the God who saves me. But then after that, it's pretty much it. In, and it talks about sorrow, having sorrow day and night. And, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory when it goes through some of the emotions, that raw emotion. And I think all of us, like I said in the in the first half today, all of us have been at that place at one point or another. But I love that it's doing this, um, this prayer, this lament prayer, this complaint prayer through the lens of the God who saves me. I love that that is the reminder that we have to start off all of those prayers with this understanding that maybe that's not what we see right now, but that's the hope that we're clinging to. One thing I did want to point out, though, the difference between this psalm, while it definitely gives off the same kind of vibe as Job, there's a main difference um, that I want to point out. With Job... When he was being tested, he was able to argue on the basis of his righteousness because he knew that he was living a life pursuing righteousness. That's not necessarily what we see in this psalm. In verse 14, it says, Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? Nowhere in the psalm does the psalmist acknowledge their sin. So it's different than Job because he's not arguing his case on the basis of righteousness, but his why implies that he does not understand or know why the Lord has you know, assume this attitude towards him. And then in verse 18, it's so sad. I feel so um, connected to the psalmist in this, in this part, because I've experienced this and felt this myself when it says darkest darkness is my closest friend. And the hope that he started this psalm off with, he, it's kind of like shut off from him mentally. And Darkness can represent death. And what we're seeing essentially here is somebody that is suicidal. Now, while I have not been suicidal, um, I know a lot of people that have. And there always seems to be this sense of Christians not 
being true Christians or, or being able to even admit that in the circle of the church or their Christian friends because it is equated with sin and not trusting God and not having hope. And I just want to speak to that for a minute because, number one, the enemy would have us get to that place, first of all, first and foremost, that it is definitely a spiritual condition that the enemy likes to perpetuate and use sometimes physical factors, but, but that's definitely a spiritual condition. But second of all, in those moments, that is the very moment that you do need to reach out to God, to other believers, to asking for prayer, to asking for help, because when you get to that place, the enemy would want you to think that you are alone. The enemy would want you to think that that's your only option. But I'm telling you right now, if you are in that place, that that is not the truth. That is a lie from the enemy. And so what my hope is, is that by reading through this psalm, we can recognize that if we have struggled with depression, with darkness, with feeling like darkness was my closest friend, with with um, even just those suicidal thoughts, I want you to know that you're not alone in that. I want you to know that that you are not the only person that has experienced that. In, in fact, we see this even in the scriptures. And I don't know if you knew that. I, I don't think I knew that before I started studying the Psalms. I knew that there was a lot of emotion in the Psalms, but I did not know that it talked about suicide and anxiety and depression in the Psalms. And I think the confidence that we can see is that there is an allowance here for understanding that we are human, but we have to step back onto this idea, this lens that we started off this Psalm with of knowing that God is a God of hope, even when we can't feel it. Even when we can't see it, he is there. Because sometimes we have to go with what we know and not what we feel or not what we see. There's one more thing that I think is important here to point out. When it talks in this this passage about Sheol, sometimes when we read Sheol, we equate it as the New Testament concept of hell or Hades. And while the two are related... They're not the same thing. So in the Hebrew Bible, Sheol involves this concept of being separated from God. God, And it's separation in the sense that communication is no longer possible with, with Yahweh. And so what we see, yes, separation is part of hell in the New Testament. It's part of Hades in the New Testament. But Sheol is different. The lament here is with this understanding that death cuts off the possibility of praising God, which is so important for human beings to experience. And it's strategic in our relationship with God. And it's, you know, we talk about the the importance of praise all throughout the Psalms. And this is this reality that to the psalmist that death will take away the most vital aspect of humankind which is to praise god and i i think that is an important point because sometimes when we feel like we are separated from god that's where this feeling of darkness comes in That's where this feeling of God hiding his face comes in. That's where this feeling of loneliness comes in. 
But what do we know from scripture? We know that sin separates us from God. And so, like I said before, this is not the same issue. It feels like Job, but it's not the same issue because what we're seeing here is the psalmist has sin that he is not confessing. And we have to recognize that this idea of Sheol, this idea of separation from God, it leads us to a terrible place if we don't confess it and we don't get our hearts right with the, with the Lord. And so my encouragement is, is if you are in a season where you are feeling the weight of that, that I would cry out to the Lord and, and, and confess to him the things that you know that you're holding on to that are keeping you from him. Beyond that, I would reach out to a brother and sister in Christ. I would reach out for prayer. I would reach out for accountability. I would reach out for support. Because when you're going through something like this alone, it can really get you to a place where you're isolated. And that's how the enemy does it. You know, when you, we've talked about this before, when you watch like on TV on National Geographic or something, when the lion goes after its prey, he doesn't go into the herd. He goes to the isolated one that's on the fringe, the one that's by himself. That's how, as believers, we get picked off by the enemy is when we are in isolation. And in a post-COVID world where many people have not gotten back to church, they have not gotten involved in a Bible study or a community of believers, that's how you get picked off. And even in the church, sometimes we have this tendency to hide our real feelings, what's really going on. And so we will go to church on Sunday or we'll go to like a midweek service and on the surface, everything looks fine. And then come home and behind closed doors, this is what we're feeling. My encouragement for you is to not stay in that place. And as difficult as it is, reach out to somebody and tell them what you're going through. So given all that insight, I'm going to go back and start reading at verse one. Oh Lord, the God who saves me day and night. I cry out before you. May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of trouble and my life draws near the grave. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like a man without strength. I am set apart with the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, who are cut off from your care. You have put me in the lowest pit, in the darkest depths. Your wrath lies heavily upon me. You have overwhelmed me with all your waves. You have taken from me my closest friends and have made me repulsive to them. I am confined and cannot escape. My eyes are dim with grief. I call to you, O Lord, every day. I spread out my hands to you. Do you show your wonders to the dead? Do you show? Do those who are dead rise up and praise you? Is your love declared in the grave, your faithfulness and destruction, Are your wonders known in the place of darkness or your righteous deeds in the land of oblivion? But I cry to you for help, O Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Why, O Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? From my youth, I have been afflicted and close to death. I have suffered your terrors and am in despair. Your wrath has swept over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. All day long, they surround me like a flood. They have completely engulfed me. You have taken my companions and loved ones from me. The darkness is my closest friend. God, I just want to pray right now for the person that feels like darkness is their closest friend. Lord, would you meet them where they're at? Would you overwhelm them with your love as you draw them closer to yourself? Lord, give them people, even now, bring to mind people that they can reach out to to ask for help with. Lord, if there is unconfessed sin, 
that they need to bring to you, God. I pray that you would bring that to mind to their heart so that they can confess it. But Lord, if they're just in this place, this place of depression or suicide or anxiety, God, I pray that you would be with them there, that you would come alongside of them. You would help them to remember that you are the God who saves us. We thank you that you are a God that that even when we don't understand and we don't necessarily see that you are working. Lord, I pray for your spirit to overwhelm my friends with your love today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey friend, do you feel like you need a little one-on-one? My goal for the She Hears Ministry, the Hearing Jesus podcast, all the resources that we have is to really help you learn how to hear God's voice so that you can be confident in your relationship with him. And if you're struggling to learn how to identify or even overcome the barriers that you have in your life to growth, I want to be able to walk through that with you. Did you know that I'm a Christian life coach? Maybe you're struggling with something and you need some objective biblical insight or opinions, or maybe you need to work through something that feels just a little bit too heavy to do on your own. I would love to walk through that with you and land on some practical ways to achieve that goal. And so I have some limited coaching opportunities. If you go to shehears.org, there's a section where you can schedule some one-on-one time with me. I have Mondays and Fridays open right now going into the new year. So I pray that if that is something that you need, that you've been praying about that it would be an opportunity for you to take advantage of some one-on-one time with me. And again, my heart is really to help you lean into whatever it is that God is calling you to do. I pray that that's a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.